Hey folks, Joe Morris, uh, Answers Heaven Speaks. Well, I uh, don't know when you're going to actually going to watch that, this, but uh, it's actually Wednesday. <laughs> uh, Wednesday, October 26th. We just had the goofiest thing happen to us yesterday. Just crazy. Um, you know, as we're doing, we are doing the, uh, the life of Jesus, the life of Christ. And uh, we started this, gosh, when did we start? I think in May. I think we started in May, and we've gone through his whole life up to now his ministry, and uh, I've had a bunch of, um, I've had a lot of notices from, from this server uh, that I can't get into politics, I can't get into social events and things like that, otherwise they're not going to let it go through. So I try to stay away from those as much as I can, because the, the story of Jesus is just that, that much more important anyway. Uh, the world needs Christ right now because I think we're I think we're in the uh, calm before the storm right now because uh, no telling what's going to happen this winter. Um, is there going to be food? Is there going to be gasoline? Is there going to be diesel fuel for trucks uh, to travel and bring food? I don't know. I don't know. Things could be really crazy. I saw this little cartoon and and the uh, and a guy calls up his stockbroker and and this and he says to the stockbroker, "What should I be investing in right now? The market's going crazy." And the stockbroker replies, "Food and ammunition. <laughs> Food and ammunition. It may be necessary. It may be necessary." And we saw the craziest thing yesterday. We saw an ad. Oh, I wish I could show it to you. It's in my phone, but it shows. Uh, Trump sitting on a red horse. And I said, Marissa, check this out. I mean, this is, what's he doing on a red horse? Well, maybe because blue is, is for Democrats and red is for Republicans, who knows. Uh, but it's so fitting because technically we are in the time of the red horse right now, the red horse of revelation. I thought, my gosh, who did that ad putting him on a red horse? I think he's the farthest from the red horse as possible. Anyway, so we do this show yesterday. And somehow, some way, let me see if I can show this to you. Look at this. I am on my page right now for yesterday's show. And look what it says up there in the corner. Of course, it's backwards. Live. It's still going live from yesterday. And we can't, uh, I couldn't get it sent out. I don't know if anybody got it. It still, it still says live. It still says live right up there in the corner. Live. I'm not live. I did everything I needed to to finish the post and, and get it sent out. And we had a few views, like 24 views or something like that at that time. And then it stopped. It just stopped. It didn't go anywhere. So here's where we are. Let me, let me read to you what, uh, what we were doing yesterday. And that'll lead us into today. Let me see if I can get this. And I can't believe my iPad got to work again. It wasn't working down in Mexico. It just died on me. And then uh, Rissa's mom, Gleda, uh, I said, I don't know. I think I should just give this thing away. I wonder if it's the cord or, if, or I wonder if it's the iPad or whatever. And she goes, let me see it. And she plugs it in, plugs it in the wall, and it worked. I mean, this thing hadn't worked for a month down in Mexico. So I had to start using my computer instead of my iPad. But anyway... Neither here nor there. Yesterday said, 
uh, right at the beginning, I said Marissa Channel is at the 103 mark. Now, the reason why I'm not going to do the whole lesson over that we did yesterday is because sooner or later, this thing's going to pop up. And once it pops up, it'll go out. And I don't think it really matters that much uh, because he had a couple parables yesterday and he's going to have another couple today. Uh, but what we said yesterday was Jesus's discourse on wealth. So we had a discourse on wealth. He also answered Peter's questions about their upcoming testing of their soul. And then moving on to paper 166, Jesus travels through northern Perea to witness the ministry of the se his 70 evangelists. And he's proud of their ministry without performing miracles. Jesus visits uh, wealthy Pharisees for a breakfast who have brought their lawyers. <laughs> and that was really an interesting conversation that took place. So I hope we can get this out. And Jesus doesn't wash his hands. He doesn't wash his hands before eating and the Pharisees just go crazy, just absolutely nuts. And then uh, and then Jesus approaches the 10 lepers. He, uh, he heals 10 lepers. So that was in yesterday's post and it's still, it's still on live and it won't. I, I can't get in there and stop it and cut it off or do anything. I've tried and tried and tried. To, there's nothing I can do to fix that. So uh, I had this happen once before, and then about three or four days later, it popped up. It just came in out of nowhere. So I'm going to guess that this thing's going to pop up and come up out of nowhere again. And so let's just keep on going. Um, they're still up in Perea. Now, Perea is, it's around Judah. Judah is where Jerusalem's at. And I always think of them as sort of like counties. There's different counties. There's Perea, the Capitalist, uh, Samaria. Um, uh, oh, what are some of the others? I can't even remember them all. Anyway, Perea, he's kind of safe. The Pharisees can come see him and they can, they can yell questions at him and, 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 uh, and basically try to trick him and do whatever, but they can't arrest him. Although, they kind of want to, and at some points, they wanted to stone him. They wanted to just flat out kill him. But they knew they couldn't do that because he was, oh, there was always a lot of people around. And as you'll see today, um, he goes back to, I think he goes back to Jerusalem. No, he goes to Philadelphia. Philadelphia isn't far from Jerusalem, still in Perea. And when he goes, there's like three or 400, maybe 500 pilgrims that are following him. So the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin and the guards and everybody else, nobody really wants to touch him right now uh, because they think that they would get stoned uh, by all the, uh, all the masses. Now, we know that it's coming up on the time uh, when it's going to be his time. And he's plenty warning them. He's warning them all. And so he's letting them know that he's not going to be around for long and that this isn't his fault. This... He has flocks in other places, in other planets, other places that they're all watching. If you watched our little thing on, on, the, uh, on the incarnations, the seven incarnations of uh, Christ Michael, you'll know that he's got universe personalities just from all over our universe who are watching him during his time as his incarnation on earth. So it's, uh, it's a great story. It's a really good story. And we're finally getting into a lot of the parts that are equally in the Bible. So it's going, it's not perfectly chronological. 
uh, but we're getting into some fine points of the book of John and the book of Luke. And so uh, let's just keep going. Let's just keep going with the story. I don't want to talk about anything else right now because it isn't going to do us any good. Uh, all I can say is be prepared. Just be prepared. Things are very quiet right now. I would have bet my bottom dollar that nothing was going, or that something really weird was going to happen before November 8th. But so far, nothing has. Nothing has. So, you know, if you've saved up your money and you've, you've put money aside and, and you've gotten bags of beans and rice like you should and some extra water, um, then good. You got extra food, you got extra water, and you got your money. It doesn't matter. Nothing's lost. But just be prepared. Just be prepared because Lord knows. Lord knows what's going to happen. Just crazy, crazy things happen right before elections. So... I'm not going to say anything else other than that. Just be careful and be prepared. So anyway, now Jesus has gotten to uh, Gerasa. Eventually, he'll be going to Philadelphia. But uh, right now, he's still in Gerasa. And I thought Gerasa was way up there by by the Sea of, uh, sea of Galilee. But he's since come down because the Pella camp, he set up a camp for about 1,500 people. Uh, David did. David uh, Zebedee. And... Uh, so they've been kind of camping out in Pella, but Jesus keeps taking off. He keeps going. He goes down to Jerusalem again. He gets everybody mad at him, and then he splits and goes back over to Jericho, or um, and he's eventually now going to go to Philadelphia. But now he's at Gerasa, and let's just continue on. As Jesus, oh, and by the way, Marissa's listening. Um, I think she set this up as some kind of a group watch or something. So I hope we do have some people out there watching. But don't worry. If this thing finishes, hopefully not like yesterday's, if it finishes properly, it'll be done. And you'll be able to go into it later and see what um, see what today's lesson was all about. Anyway, Marissa's off doing errands. She's listening. And uh, hopefully she'll be in here when I finish up and She'll kind of wrap up the show today with uh, with her own channeling. Uh, she does have a show tonight on her own Patreon channel. And you can find out more about that on going to, I think, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, uh, forward slash um, discoveringintuition.com. Discoveringintuition.com. Or you can just go to discoverintuition, discoverintuition.com. And there should be some information on how to get into that. So Marissa has a show tonight that's going to happen about a half hour to an hour after we finish up here. And uh, today's today's my last day to be with Marissa. Tomorrow I go to San Diego. Not sure if I can do a show tomorrow, but uh, we'll see how the time works out. And because uh, I don't think I'm even getting into San Diego until about 3.30 then I got to wait for a train and on and on and on and on. So I might not do a show tomorrow. Uh, I will do on a Friday. But I might do some. We'll see. It might come in a little bit late tomorrow. But uh, I'm going back to San Diego tomorrow. I'll be there for about three days. I'll be there uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then I'm leaving, going back to Mexico to help clean up on the mess that happened from our latest hurricane there. We were very, very fortunate. Very fortunate that we didn't have a lot of damage. Uh, where it finally did come in into land just north of us, it created all kinds of problems and knocked down power poles and roofs off people's houses and everything up in what's called Santiago, uh, which is probably about a 45-minute drive north of uh, where I live in uh, Atikaba, 
Los Cocos. So I watched that storm uh, come in as it headed north up the coast. It kept hugging the coast and hugging the coast. And then it gets to a certain point where it leaves the Pacific Ocean and there's an inlet that cuts into uh, Puerto Vallarta. And that's uh, the Bay of Banderas. And there's mountains, there's, there's the Sierra Madre Mountains that are to the south of, of uh, Puerto Vallarta. And invariably, uh, storms coming in or whatever come over those mountains and then drop down into uh, Puerto Vallarta when it's gonna storm. And this big storm, this uh, Hurricane uh, Roslyn, uh, was hugging the coast and then came over those mountains and right over the top of uh, Puerto Vallarta. I thought, okay, Puerto Vallarta is gonna get hit. And, it, and Puerto Vallarta is about 80 miles south of where I live. But then it didn't, it just kind of brushed across the top and then it stayed along the coast. It just hugged the coast all the way. And I remember praying, I said, God, if there's any way you can just keep it on that coast and keep it going past our house, I sure would appreciate it. Now, I, I'm sure there were a lot of other people praying as well that it didn't hit them, but it did. It just hung up on the coast all the way for about 80 to about 100 miles. And then, boom, it went in. But fortunately, it went past us. And so we got some minor damage. We lost our banana plants. Uh, my understanding is where it came in and hit, hit shore, um, it just wiped out all kinds of banana plantations. So... If the price of bananas go up, you'll know it's because of a hurricane. <laughs> and things like that happen. I mean, the people who live in Florida and on the East Coast, maybe Georgia, and then in the Gulf of Mexico and Alabama, Missouri, or, uh, Mississippi and Louisiana and Texas, um, they all deal with hurricanes every year, every year. They don't know if one's gonna come in and hit them. And in Mexico, we have to deal with it every year too. Uh, the hurricanes tend to come in between August and uh, the 1st of November, but they usually show up pretty heavily in the month of October. So we're always a little worried about October. And hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, we're not gonna get any more. I hope we've seen the last one for the season because when the season ends, the rainy season starts almost just like that on June 15th. I mean, you can almost set your clock through it that it's gonna, it's gonna rain on June 15th for the first time for the rainy season. And then around the 1st of November, click, it's gone, done, over. And we don't see rain again until June. So it's, uh, you can call climate change all you want to, but boy, oh boy, the season doesn't change down there in Mexico. It is getting cooler though, I can tell you that. I don't know, maybe all that aluminum that they're dropping from airplanes up there to reflect back the sun is causing us, the, the earth to cool. Uh, which is not a good thing. It's better that the earth is warm than cool because the plants don't grow and people die in the cold and people suffer in the heat, but they don't die in the heat unless they have don't have something to drink, but they will die in the cold. They will die in the cold, no matter how much you have to drink. So we're hoping that uh, this, this calamity of, of not having fuel to warm yourself over the winter is not going to be a problem, but I'm afraid it just might be. Not so much in the United States, but in other parts of the world, there's gonna be a problem. So anyway, now Jesus is in Grasso, let's get into that. And I was saying that Marissa is gonna listen, hopefully she'll come in. Today will be the last day that she'll be able to channel with me until I come back in January. 
So I'll be back in January. We'll be able to do it. But I'm going to continue the story. Uh, even though I go down to Mexico, I'm going to continue with the story. So as Jesus and the twelve visited with the messengers of the kingdom at Gerasa, one of the Pharisees who believed in him asked this question. Lord, will there be few or will there be many who are really saved? And then Jesus answered saying, you have been taught that only the children of Abraham will be saved, speaking to the Jews, that only the Gentiles of adoption can hope for salvation. Some of you have reasoned that since the scriptures record that only Caleb and Joshua from among all the hosts that went out to out of Egypt lived to enter the promised land. Yay, Marissa came in. Here's a little group thing. Oh, there's a group thing going? Well, I don't even know how it works, but I was just seeing if it works, so maybe I can use it for my classes later on or something. Oh, okay. It looks like it's going. Yeah. I don't, I don't, it, it had some little pop-up said there's going to be some group thing, and, the, and it said, uh, go back to my site or okay, and I just clicked okay. I, I don't, I don't understand it. I think, either do I, but it's a new thing in Facebook, I think, where you can just do um, events. So. But look at this, this thing, I looked down here, look at this, this is still live. Oh my still, gosh. still live from yesterday. That's really funny. I can't move it. I can't do anything with it. Probably because I talked about the Antichrist. Well, I, I talked to him. I already told him, you know, it's probably going to pop up in a few days. Just out of the blue, it's going to come up. And then we'll go ahead and boost it out to the people who are normally watching this. But uh, hopefully today's will be okay. It's kind of crooked. Let me see if there we go. There you things go. Things like right there in the way. There you go. Okay, there. Perfect. Okay. Okay. This is like... Are back, you going to stay in here this time uh, and listen? And I'm listening from my phone. I need to get ready for... <coughs> I'm going to be roaming around the house getting ready and listening. Okay. And so I'll, you'll come in and channel afterwards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I okay. just remember I have my class at... Um, I have my class tonight at um, 7, but I need to be logged in at 6.30. Yeah, I told them you'd be starting right as we're finishing. Yeah, so. I usually log in at 6, so I may log in or just tell them to check us on there. Okay. On there. Um, I'll be back in here, but... All right. I'm going to get a plug back. Okay, so Miss Marissa will be around, but again, she's she's gonna be busy. She's got a uh, she's got another show coming up. So it looks kind of funny because uh, I'm looking at this screen, and that screen is having me look like I'm looking at the screen. So I, I don't know. I I'm being conscientious now. I feel yeah. Anyway, so the Pharisees have, are asking him, who's gonna live, and who's gonna die. Who's going to be saved? Who isn't going to be saved? And then uh, Jesus is telling him that uh, you are you are just following the ways of of your father, which was Abraham. So some of you have reasoned that since the scriptures record that only Caleb and Joshua from among all the hosts that went out of Egypt lived to enter the promised land. Only a comparatively few of those who seek the kingdom of heaven shall find entrance thereto. And Jesus goes on, he says, you also have another saying among you and one that contains much truth that the way which leads to eternal life is straight and narrow, that the door which leads thereto is likewise narrow so that of those who seek salvation, few can find the entrance through the door. You also have a teaching that the way which leads to destruction is broad, that the entrance thereto is wide. And this is Jesus and that there are many who choose to go this way. And this proverb is not without its meaning. 
But I declare that salvation is first a matter of your personal choosing. Even if the door to the way of life is narrow, it is wide enough to admit all who sincerely, sincerely seek to enter. For I am that door. So Jesus is not only the church, but Jesus is the door to salvation. And the Son will never refuse entrance to any child of the universe who, by faith, seeks to find the Father through the Son. But herein, is, but herein is the danger to all who would postpone their entrance into the kingdom while they continue to pursue the pleasures of immaturity and indulge the satisfactions of selfishness. Having refused to enter the kingdom as a spiritual experience, they may subsequently seek entrance thereto when the glory of the better way becomes revealed in the age to come. And when, therefore, those who spurn the kingdom when I came in the likeness of humanity seek to find an entrance when it is revealed in the likeness of divinity, then will I say to all such selfish ones, I know not whence you are. Remember that part of the Bible? When people are saying, but, but, but we listened to you and we ate with you. Um, surely we can see the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus says, I don't even know you. And here's where he says it again. I know not whence you are. You had your chance to prepare for this heavenly citizenship, but you refused all such proffers of mercy. You rejected all invitations to come while the door was open. He's, he's going to have a parable right now. Real soon, there's going to be a parable about the supper, about the parable of the great supper. So now to you who have refused salvation, the door is shut. The door is not open to those who would enter the kingdom for selfish glory. And that's what he was saying the Pharisees. Pharisees, everything was selfish glory. And he's telling these people this right to their faces. But in this case, he's just talking to his apostles. He says, salvation is not for those who are unwilling to pay the price of wholehearted dedication to doing my father's will. There it is again, over and over, 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 over again. In fact, we're even going to get into how I was talking to Marissa. You didn't see it because it didn't get posted up yesterday, the show yesterday. And I was, I was asking Marissa while she was in a channeling mode, um, the difference between the story of Jesus and yet 13 books. What do you want, Kitty Cat? What do you want? Huh? That's why I think that the thing's, not going, the thing's not going because I talked about Paul. Could be. Antichrist is like, heck no, we want them to continue to think. Here we go. We got kitty cat. Kitty yeah. cat's up here. So I must have spirit around me because the animals yeah, always here. show up. They always show up when the spirits show up. They sit in the guides. And she just jumped on my lap. <laughs> Crazy cat. You should have seen her attacking the laser beams last night. Ay, ay, ay. Okay, cat, you got to go. Come here, acrobat. Here you she go. She was flying through the, the house last night. So when in spirit and soul you have turned your backs upon the Father's kingdom, it is useless in mind and body to stand before this door and knock, saying, Lord, open to us. We will also be great in the kingdom. We'll be great up there. Then will I declare that you are not of my fold. You're not of my fold. 
I will not receive you to be among those who have fought the good fight of faith and won the reward of unselfish service in the kingdom on earth. He's telling that to the apostles on the same breath. He's telling them, you're going to be tested. You might even be killed. And they're just like, no, no. They're like all confused, totally, totally confused. And when you say, did we not eat and drink with you? And did you not teach in our streets? Then shall I again declare that you are spiritual strangers, that we were not fellow servants in the Father's ministry of mercy on earth, that I do not know you. And then shall the judge of all the earth say to you, depart from us. Who is the judge of all the earth? It's the Father. And he says, depart from us, all you who have taken delight in the works of iniquity. Iniquity is basically throwing your middle finger up to God. That's really what it is. We're just completely ignoring him. Jesus goes on, he says, but fear not. Everyone who sincerely desires to find eternal life by entrance into the kingdom of God shall certainly find such everlasting salvation. So he's saying you're not doomed. It's just that some of us come into the kingdom a little. What's that? What is that? Whoops. What is it? Yeah. I just burnt a tortilla. Oh, that came on because you burned a tortilla. Yeah, I don't know if you remember, I was like, the stove was gonna make me burn the house down because it burns too heavy. Oh yeah, yeah. I was sitting there and all of a sudden it caught on fire. Oh, it actually caught on fire. The the tortilla caught on fire. Oh my god. I was like, oh my god. Well, don't walk away from your cooking I was food. Sorry about that, folks. So Jesus is saying, you do, you have the ability to have everlasting salvation. Some people just come in a little bit later than others, that's all. But you who refuse this salvation will someday see the prophets of the seed of Abraham sit down with the believers of the Gentile nations. So these Jews that are not accepting the way well, so he's saying, well, someday, someday sit down in heaven and they're going to see a whole bunch of Gentiles around. They go, why? 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 But, but why are the Gentiles here? So he says uh, again, but you who refuse the salvation will someday see the prophets of the seed of Abraham sit down with the believers of the Gentile nations in this glorified kingdom to partake of the bread of life and to refresh themselves with the water thereof. And they who shall thus take the kingdom in spiritual power and by the persistent assaults of living faith will come from the north and the south and from the east and from the west. And behold, many who are first will be last, and those who are last will many times be first. He says that a lot. 
usually referring to humility. Usually humility, being humble. So this was indeed a new and strange version of the old and familiar proverb of the straight and narrow way. And slowly the apostles and many of the disciples were learning the meaning of Jesus's early declaration, quote, unless you are born again, born of the spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now that seems kind of funny because Jesus never baptized anybody. He didn't stop John the Baptist or Abner and, and Abner's group from baptizing, but that seems to be in the water receiving the spirit. That's what baptism is all about. And he says, unless you are born again, born of the spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Nevertheless, to all who are honest of heart and sincere in faith, it remains eternally true. Behold, I stand at the door. I stand at the doors of men's hearts and I knock. And if any man will open to me, I will come in and sup, eat with him, and will feed him with the bread of life. We shall be one in spirit and purpose, and so shall we ever be brethren in the long and fruitful, fruitful service of the search for the paradise father. And so whether few or many are to be saved altogether depends on whether few or many will heed the invitation. This is conversation to that Pharisee who questioned it. He said, are there going to be many or are there going to be few uh, that, that are going to be accepted into, the, uh, into salvation, eternal salvation? And he says again, I am the door, I am the new and living way, and whosoever wills may enter to embark upon the endless truth search for eternal life. You know, my brother, Randy, he's, he's younger than I am, but he's been a, uh, a deacon in the Baptist church for as long as I can remember. And I can remember at times when I was in my 20s and in my 30s, where he would come up to me, and now I didn't see him much because he lived in a different state, he lived in Alabama, I lived in California, but in our conversations, he would ask me, do you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior? And I go, well, yeah, I, I guess so. I guess so. But I really wasn't into it. I wasn't into Jesus. I really wasn't. And then he'd give me lines like this. Let me read it again. I am the new, let's see, let me, let me get it right here. And so whether few or many are to be saved altogether depends on whether few or many will heed the invitation. I am the door, I am the new and living way, and whosoever wills may enter. I think it reads in the Bible, whoever knocks may enter to embark upon the endless truth search for eternal life. And I can remember my brother reading me passages like that, and I was like, oh God, you know, elevator eyes, you know, just elevator eyes. So it took me longer, it just took me longer. I was baptized uh, on, Marissa's 21st birthday. So I was at that time, I think I was 48. And I started coming into the fold then. And uh, I had started reading the Arantia book. And that's what we're reading from right now. And I became very interested because it's, it's just a fabulous book. It's a fabulous book. And uh, we'll get into more parts of the Arantia book other than the Jesus story from time to time. Like a few days ago when we wanted to talk about Jesus's, well, Jesus is really Michael. Michael is the creator of our universe. 
and there are many Michaels, and they all come directly from the eternal son, which we call Christ. So the eternal son is way up there, way up there, way up there, way, way, way far away. And, uh, but there are like 35,000 universes. And so there are like 35,000 Michaels. And each universe is unique in its own making. And uh, so he went through seven incarnations. The seventh incarnation was as a human being. So here the creator of our entire universe. And his first incarnation was as a Melchizedek. And you know how long ago it was? One billion years ago. One billion years ago was his first incarnation. Now he had already created the universe, probably billions and billions and billions and billions of years before that. But when it got to one billion, it was time for him to start living the life of his creations. So he lived seven different incarnations and being a human was his last incarnation. And he's trying to teach something very simple, very simple to Jew and Gentile alike and Samaritan. And it's a very simple message. It's a very simple message, but people at that time were stuck in their dogma, whether it was the Gentiles with their multiple gods, lots and lots of gods, or whether it was the Jews who, uh, who were stuck in their dogma with 613 rules. It seems funny. I'm over there and I'm over there, over there and over there. <laughs> okay, Marissa will be confused herself. So anyway, my brother used to read these passages and it just didn't mean anything to me. I don't think I was being iniquitous. I don't think I was throwing up my finger to, to God, but I certainly, if something would have happened to me at that time, I certainly probably wasn't going to go to heaven. I don't know what kind of chances he would have given me. Maybe he, he would have known that my life would have been different if I could live it longer. And here I am, I'm living to be an old man. Now here I am, I'm doing the same things my, my brother did. So don't feel bad, don't squirm up and go, oh my gosh, you know, am I supposed to follow the words of Christ? I was really into ascended masters and, and souls and spirits and, and higher selves. And well, that's still all true. That still all exists, but it all came from one person. That was Michael. Michael created all the souls, all the oversouls that created all the souls for this earth. There's 12 of them. There's a 12 number again. 12 comes in all the time. Seven comes in all the time. So, okay, you can take that now. I don't know. No, I'm going to leave it in here. It's just there's no sound, so I'm going to fix it. Oh, okay. But keep on, you're, you're good on yours. This was just kind of like a, a test. Oh, Okay, so going on, uh, even the apostles were unable fully to comprehend his teaching as to the necessity for using spiritual force for the purpose of breaking through all material resistance and for surmounting every earthly obstacle, which might chance to stand in the way of grasping the all-important spiritual values of the new life in the spirit as the liberated sons of God. I'll tell you one thing about these midwayers. They don't know how to take a breath. They have got the longest sentences. <laughs> They're so long. You can't. Look, listen to this. This is all one. This is only one sentence. Are you kidding? Yeah, when you channel, everything's one sentence. Yeah. Even the apostles were unable fully to comprehend his teaching as to the necessity for using spiritual force for the purpose of breaking through all material resistance and for surmounting every earthly obstacle which might chance to stand in the way 
of grasping the all-important spiritual values of the new life in the spirit as the liberated sons of God. That's one sentence. I worked in law for a while. And if I would have written a sentence that long, my supervising attorney in the office would have thrown that document right back in my face and said, break that up into three more sentences or clean it up and make it simple. But this is the way it goes. I guess when channeling is channeling, channeling is channeling. And here they are, they're channeling. I believe they're channeling the midwares, but we never know. Uh, at the end of the paragraph, at the end of the page, it'll say if it's somebody else. Like when we were doing the uh, channeling of the uh, incarnations of Michael, um, that was brought to us by a counselor from Uversa. A counselor from Uversa. That's that's the real heaven. That's that's the Havona that has seven super universes around it, and each seven you. Even each of the seven super universes has something like five thousand universes in it. So, and what'd you say? What'd you they say? said that's the third heaven, and I said, "Well, how many heavens are there?" And they said, three. Three heavens. I guess Havona would be the ultimate heaven, but Havona's that's a long Havona's ways away. The third one. There's three, and then there's Havona, that's separate over there. That's not even heaven. Well, sometimes I read. I think Paul says that this is the second heaven. Mm, that would make sense. We live Why? in the second heaven. Well, we haven't really got into Paul, but we're going to get into a little bit about Paul here. Yeah, we talked about him a little bit yesterday, and we're going to talk about him again a little bit today because the church in Jerusalem was run by Jesus's brother, James, James the Just. And Paul was running the church out of Philadelphia. And those two couldn't get along because Paul wanted more philosophy in Jesus's teachings. And James didn't want to do that. James wanted to stick strictly to what Jesus was teaching. And they had a falling out. And the midwayers come right in and say, that's why you know nothing about it in your Bible. Because Paul, being a Roman Jew, was much more heavily looked upon by uh, Constantine than anybody else. He ended up with 13 books. 13, he had 13. 13 books in the New Testament. So here we are, teaching about accidents. I really wanted to get into this because... Accidents do happen. They actually do happen. And it isn't because we have to blame God. You know, uh, hurricanes come in and they knock down your house. That's an accident. Basically, it's an accident. God didn't do it on purpose. He just has hurricanes. That's all part of our earth. That's all there is to it. It's the stupidity of, of putting a home right in the path of a hurricane. And yeah, I'm pretty stupid. I've got a house that faces a hurricane every year. But so does all of Florida. And also Alabama, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Texas. Everybody on the coasts, all those coasts, all those coastlines, thousands of miles of coastline. Even Georgia and South and North Carolina face it as well. So while most Palestinians ate only two meals a day, it was the custom of Jesus and the apostles when on a journey to pause at midday for a rest and some refreshment. Keep in mind, these guys are walking and walking and walking and walking, and they'll walk like 20 miles a day. Now, I mean, it doesn't take us long to hop in our car and drive 20 miles, but just think about it next time. You're about ready to start in your car, think, okay, I'm going to walk. You're going to walk those 20 miles. How long do you think it's going to take you to walk 20 miles? You're going to get tired, that's for sure. And it was at such a noontide stop on the way to Philadelphia that Thomas asked Jesus, this is Thomas asking Jesus, Master, from hearing your remarks as we journeyed this morning, 
I would like to inquire whether spiritual beings are concerned in the production of strange and extraordinary events in the material world, and further, to ask whether the angels and other spirit beings are able to prevent accidents. I think they do. Uh, personally, I do. I think that... Uh, they before it even, before I think, the accident happens. Yeah, I think our guides uh, will cause us to forget our keys and make us go back in and get our keys, and then we drive away as if nothing happened. Yet, had we had our keys, had they not hidden them from us, we may have gotten in a car accident. We may have killed somebody or ourselves. So I think that our guides, who I think about as like angels, even though we do have angels, we got a whole team. Everybody has a team. If the team decides, they know everything. They, they know the future from the past. So they know that something's going to happen unless if we don't give our will over to them, if, they're, if we're not letting them guide us, then we're going to end up in those accidents. And I feel like if we give our will over to God, then we might catch a cold or something like that. But they can heal us just like that, just like that. And sometimes those colds are necessary because they don't want you leaving the house for whatever reason. So anyway, Thomas is asking Jesus, uh, how can we avoid these accidents? And in answer to Thomas' inquiry, Jesus said, scoldingly, he says, have I been so long with you and yet you continue to ask me such questions? Have you failed to observe how the Son of Man lives as one with you and consistently refuses to employ the forces of heaven for his personal sustenance? He's always talking about himself in the third party. Do we not all live by the same means whereby all men exist? Do you see the power of the spiritual world manifested in the material life of this world? Save for the revelation of the Father and the sometime healing of his afflicted children when he would do some kind of a miracle. He goes on, he says, all too long have your fathers believed that prosperity, prosperity, wealth, was the token of divine approval. So they're all thinking that if you're rich, it's because God allowed you to be rich. That adversity was the proof of God's displeasure. He goes on, he says, I declare that such beliefs are superstition. Superstition. Do you not observe that far greater numbers of the poor joyfully receive the gospel and immediately enter the kingdom? If riches evidence divine favor, why do the rich so many times refuse to believe this good news from heaven? And he goes on, he says, the father causes his reign. This is in the scripture, this is in the gospel. And I'll find these, I'll find these passages for Sunday. The Father causes his rain to fall on the just and the unjust. The sun, likewise, shines on the righteous and the unrighteous. You know about those Galileans whose blood Pilate mingled with the sacrifices. But I tell you, these Galileans were not in any manner sinners above all their fellows just because this happened to them. And I don't remember reading that part about Pilate. He, it's... I don't I don't know where this fits in. I really don't. I remember in the in the feast of the either the dedication or the feast of the tabernacle they mixed blood and water, but I, I didn't know that that was Pilate. And it wasn't in Galilee, it was down in Jerusalem. 
So he says, but I tell you, these Galileans were not in any manner sinners above all their fellows just because this happened to them. You also know about the 18 men upon whom the Tower of Siloam fell, killing them. We haven't had that. <laughs> that is not in our story here. So it must be somewhere, somewhere, probably in the Old Testament. Think not that these men who were this destroyed were offenders above all their brethren in Jerusalem. These folks were simply innocent victims of one of the accidents of time. We can even go all the way back to the death of Joseph. Joseph, Jesus' father, was killed by a collapsing scaffold while he was working on Herod's house. That was when Jesus was 14. Did God cause that to happen? It was an accident. It was an accident in time. And Jesus had not become old enough and wise enough yet to teach his own father because they were true Jews. They were Jews. They followed the laws of the Jews. Jesus goes on, he says, there are three groups of events which may occur in your lives. One, you may share in those normal happenings which are a part of the life. You and your fellows live on the face of the earth. That's, we just live our lives. That's the way it is. We live our lives. Number two, you may chance to fall victim to one of the accidents of nature, one of the mischances of men, knowing full well that such occurrences are in no way prearranged or otherwise produced by the spiritual forces of the realm. So, so the spiritual forces of the realm are not planning and setting up accidents to happen to you. It's just a part of living our lives. Number three, you may reap the harvest of your direct efforts to comply with the natural laws governing the world. And he goes on, he says, there was a certain man who planted a fig tree in his yard. This is a parable also. Parable of the fig tree. It's probably found in each of the Gospels also. There was a certain man who planted a fig tree in his yard. And when he had many times sought fruit and found none, he called the vine dressers before him and said, Here have I come these three seasons looking for fruit on this stupid fig tree and have found none. So cut down this barren tree. Why should it encumber so much ground? But the head gardener answered his master, saying, Leave it alone for one more year so that I may dig around it and put some fertilizer. And then next year, if it bears no fruit, it shall be cut down. And when they had thus complied with the laws of fruitfulness, since the tree was living and good, they were rewarded with an abundant yield because the tree got some nourishment, nourishment. We have uh, one of our parables is on nourishment. One of uh, Jesus' parables in our 21st century parables is on nourishment. And the nourishment actually comes from the, uh, the parable of the orchard. Yeah, the par parable of the orchard. Boy, it's so dry. My lips are dry. My hair is like straw. I, know, I mean, yeah, it's like it's so dry. You go it out and it doesn't go back. <laughs> it just kind of lays out there. It's like, okay, it's so Should dry. My throat is dry. I'll get you an apple juice. No, I've got juice. Oh, you don't. Yeah, I got, I got, uh, I got lemonade here. 
So Jesus goes on. He says, in the matter of sickness, how are we doing on time? Oh, my God. We're down to 10 minutes. Oh, my God. I'm never going to get as far as what my introduction I wrote it. You read for an hour and you talk for like 15 minutes first, right? Yeah, I'm so always like cutting it. I'm always ad-libbing. You started probably like reading probably about only like 30 minutes ago. Yeah. you were talking about 30 in the matter of sickness and health, you should know that those bodily states are the result of material causes. Health is not the smile of heaven, neither is affliction the frown of God. The Father's human children have equal capacity for the reception of material blessings. Therefore, does he bestow things physical upon the children of men without discrimination? When it comes to the bestowal of spiritual gifts, the Father is limited by man's capacity for receiving these divine endowments. Although the Father is no respecter of persons in the bestowal of spiritual gifts, he is limited by man's faith and by his willingness always to abide by the Father's will. So now as they journeyed on towards Philadelphia, Jesus continued to teach them and to answer their questions having to do with accidents, sickness, and miracles. But they were not able fully to comprehend this instruction. One hour of teaching will not wholly change the beliefs of a lifetime, and so Jesus found it necessary to reiterate his message, to tell again and again and again that which he wished them to understand. And even then they failed to grasp the meaning of his earth mission until really after his death and his resurrection. Now, the congregation of Philadelphia, I think this, is, this will probably wrap us up for today. Let's see how far we get. The congregation of Philadelphia. That's along that path. Philadelphia is not far from Jerusalem, but it, it's in different counties. One's in Perea, one's in Judea. Across the river, across the river of the Jordan. So Jesus and the 12 were on their way to visit Abner and his associates. Don't forget, Abner is, was the leading apostle of John the Baptist. And those 12 joined in with Jesus. And they had their differences, a little bit of differences, because John had a certain philosophy. Jesus had a different philosophy. Not a completely different. They were a little bit different. Um, and I don't know if they, Abner was fully accepted by the other 12. But Abner was in charge of all those 70 evangelists that uh, Jesus had chosen. So now the 12 were on their way to visit Abner and his associates who were preaching and teaching in Philadelphia. Of all the cities of Perea in Philadelphia, the largest group of Jews and Gentiles, rich and poor, learned and unlearned, embraced the teachings of the 70, thereby entering into the kingdom of heaven. Again, they were teaching the way, the way of Jesus, the way of Christ. And they, they weren't doing any miracles, yet they were still bringing in people. People were believing and understanding. The synagogue of Philadelphia had never been subject to the supervision of the Sanhedrin at Jerusalem and therefore had never been closed to the teachings of Jesus and his associates. Remember back uh, maybe, oh, I don't know, 10 lessons ago or so, maybe even more than that, um, the Pharisees and everybody were so mad at Jesus that Herod had instructed that 
Jesus and his apostles were no longer allowed to teach in any of the synagogues or in any of the temples. And that kind of pissed off some of the chief priests and they wanted to sneak him in anyway, but they also didn't want to get in trouble with the law. But for the most part, he had been condemned. He had been, been quarantined from the temples uh, and, the, uh, and the synagogues. But here in Philadelphia, they weren't. At this very time, Abner was teaching three times a day in the Philadelphia synagogue. And this very synagogue later on became a Christian church and was the missionary headquarters. So it converted from a temple, synagogue temple of the Jews, and became a Christian church uh, after, the, uh, af after the crucifixion. Probably way after the crucifixion because people started killing Christians almost immediately. This very synagogue later on became a Christian church and was the missionary headquarters for the promulgation of the gospel through the regions to the east. To the east. That would be east of the Jordan. It was long a stronghold of the master's teachings and stood alone in this region as a center of Christian learning for centuries. The Jews at Jerusalem had always had trouble with the Jews of Philadelphia. And after the death and resurrection of Jesus, the Jerusalem church, of which James, the Lord's brother, was head, began to have serious difficulties with the Philadelphia congregation of believers. Abner became the head of the Philadelphia church and continuing as such until his death. And this estrangement with Jerusalem explains why nothing is heard of Abner and his work in the gospel records of the New Testament. They're just not there. You got to find out about Abner and those apostles through what I'm trying to teach because it comes from a channeled book. This feud between Jerusalem and Philadelphia lasted throughout the lifetimes of James and Abner and continued for some time after the destruction of Jerusalem. Philadelphia was really the headquarters of the early church in the south and east, as Antioch was in the north and the west. Antioch, Greece. Antioch is up there in Greece. And that's kind of where Paul's from. Paul, Paul is a Greek Roman. He's a, he's a Roman Greek. He's a Roman Greek and a Jew. And it was the apparent misfortune of Abner to be at variance with all of the leaders of the early Christian church. He fell out with Peter and James, Jesus' brother over questions of administration and the jurisdiction of the Jerusalem church. He parted company with Paul over differences of philosophy and theology. Abner was more Babylonian than Hellenic, Hellenic, Hellenic in his philosophy, and he stubbornly resisted all attempts of Paul to remake the teachings of Jesus so as to present less that was objectionable first to the Jews, then to the Greco-Roman believers in the mysteries. Thus was Abner compelled to live a life of isolation. He was head of a church which was without standing at Jerusalem. He had dared to defy James, the Lord's brother, who was subsequently supported by Peter. And such conduct effectively separated him from all of his former associates. Then he dared to withstand Paul. Although he was wholly sympathetic with Paul in his mission to the Gentiles, and though he supported him in his contentions with the church at Jerusalem, 
he bitterly opposed the version of Jesus' teachings which Paul elected to preach. This is exactly what I talked to you about yesterday. That's going to be in the channelings because I asked, I said, Paul is more inclined to, to, uh, to listen to Aristotle or Socrates or Plato and incorporate that philosophy into, into his teachings of Christ. So there'd be like two-fifths would be Christ and three-fifths would be, be philosophy. And that was Paul's theology. If you don't believe me, go into, into his books. It's mostly philosophy. It's mostly philosophy. I would say three-fifths is philosophy. Two-fifths is on the teaching of Jesus. Yet he's got 13 books. 13 books. And here Abner, Abner didn't agree with him because Abner lived with Jesus. Paul did not. In his last years, Abner denounced Paul as the clever corrupter of the life teachings of Jesus of Nazareth the son of the living God. So even I feel that way sometimes. I feel like, okay, why is there so much emphasis on Paul? It's mostly all philosophy. You know, how a man and a woman should get along with each other, whether somebody should wear a hat on their head or whether they should cut their hair or not. Jesus never talked about that stuff. He never talked about that. So during the latter years of Abner and for some time thereafter, the believers of Philadelphia held more strictly to the religion of Jesus as he lived and taught than any other group on earth. And Abner lived to be 89 years old, dying at Philadelphia on the 21st day of November, AD 74. We are now in the year of AD 30. So it was, he was 44 years away from, 54 years? AD 74, 30, 30 from 74 is 44. So he lived for 44 more years after that and passed away. That's a long life in those days, 89 years old. And to the very end, he was a faithful believer in and teacher of the gospel of the heavenly kingdom. And that's the end of uh, paper 166. Uh, and I got two minutes to go in my hour, so you know I'm gonna kind of turn it over to you, Marissa, if you got anything to say. Do you have anything you want to touch on? Not really. Low battery. Um, Nothing to add to today. Not to today. And Marissa's got to get ready for a show tonight anyway. You can catch her at Patreon forward slash uh, uh, Discovering Discovering Intuition. Let me see who popped just in. Go to discoverintuition.com. I have a link on there. Rissa said, just go to Discover Intuition. She's got a link on and if there. If you can't afford class, let us know and we'll give you a code to get in. And let's see who. I do there. ask your guide, so if you really can't afford it or not. I know. Gosh, we had a bunch of people in here today. That's nice. Thank you very much. Uh, Sarah was in. Tiffany. Tiffany again. Mary Rose. Shireen. Thanks, Shireen. Oh, Amy. Amy. Amy, is that Amy that we know? Amy Webswope? I know her, but that's a different Amy. Yeah, it's a different Amy? Amy? Okay, Amy. Hi, Amy. Uh, Miriam Escobar, Larry. Hey, Larry, how you doing? And uh, Marissa's even there. Marissa, Marissa. Oh, and Marissa Carter. Thanks, Marissa. I really appreciate it. Carmen, Carmen Sanchez. Uh, thank you. Oh, and Uma. Uma's there, too. The audio too. was working. How upsetting. It was. Why? Did you stop it? 
I stopped it, yeah. You shouldn't have stopped it. Why'd you stop it? it was silent. I checked on four different phones and it was all completely silent. That's fine. We got a lot of it. Okay. Well, that's it. I guess that's it for today. You don't have anything to tell. Today's our last day. Well, why don't you just sit here, sit, sit here quietly for a second, and, uh, and maybe somebody through the camera will put something into your head. Okay, God, just uh, and you always tend to sit way off, so only half your heads are there. So yeah, I noticed that yesterday. You'd always people would only see half your. I I always do that. So, uh, let me think if there's anything that I can ask you. Um, do we have the crowd here? Is the whole yeah, team here? Yeah, they're all here. here. Uh, how about Peter? Peter's always got something to say. Peter's bored. He's sitting over in the corner. Oh, he's bored. Yeah. Why are you bored, Thomas? Peter? Thomas is always... Is Peter always goes, boo! Fun. He said Thomas. Who went boo? Peter. Peter about Thomas? I think Peter's trying to get attention. Hey, Peter, did you really turn on your friend Abner? He says, friend? Oh, he wasn't a friend? He was a... He was Acquaintance. A, he was an associate of Peter's. He was he was among the 12 that, that used to be with John the Baptist. He says, friend. He says, try brother. Oh, brother. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, they all were brothers in those days. He said, uh, it's not exactly as they say it is in these books here. He says that's why he's bored. He says he wants to add to it, or like uh, make it more make it more exciting because the personalities aren't coming through. The personalities are not. That's why we did our books, Peter, so that you guys your personalities could come through. Yeah, we got all their personalities in our book. Not so much Peter. I don't think we. He says so. Why aren't we starting my book yet? (laughs) Remember, he wanted to write his own book. Yeah, we, we, we will. We will someday. Give us lots and lots of years to live, and we'll get to it. We definitely will. Um, let's see who else is here. Um, Jesus is way far up over there. He's watching the house. Um, he's in gold robes today. Ask him. Ask him if when we're reading his words here, we're am I reading his words correctly or incorrectly? Am I using the right intonation? Was he? perturbed because he would say verily verily how long do i have to be with you guys he wasn't what are you, perturbed. What are you going to learn was he actually mad at them or was did he make them feel lowly by him kind of scolding them he's saying that he didn't necessarily he says i didn't necessarily scold them he says i would say truths and they would come out without emotion and that's the way that He's saying, like, when I channel, and I channel something, I always say I'm surprised that I had front teeth after doing 10 sessions a week every week for, for, what, 10 years or whatever, and telling people the truth about things. But when people hear truth, he says, they don't see it as being scolded. They take it as truth, and they absorb it. But if the person telling the truth is emotional about it, then the people will not absorb it and listen to the information. They'll just react to the emotion. So when he was exclaiming things he was in essence channeling his higher self or whatever the the father and that father energy the master energy they're calling the master gland energy um would be coming through from from the innermost parts of him which was the innermost parts of the 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 soul seed soul seed seed of the soul oh no he said um soul seed 
and my throat's all clogging up because we all tried to channel at once. Yeah, I was getting all clogged up over there too. I'm so dry. My nose is so dry. How about this? Let me ask. Let me ask Jesus this question then. And obviously, we're speaking to Christ. We're not talking to this the is man Jesus. Jesus, it's are Jesus. We're That's why he's far away. It's the, um, it's the person Jesus. Was this was this correct saying that there was a split between Abner and and Paul? No. Well, there really was not a split. For there whatever reason, Constantine just didn't want to have anything to do with Abner. I guess he just liked Paul a lot. Then, well, the, then the question is... Paul was did, of this world and Abner was not. Abner was not of this world, but Paul was? Paul That's because Abner had never done wrong. Paul had killed people. Yeah. Did Paul incorporate Aristotle, Socrates, and Plato into his teachings to bring the Greeks along? Was he always teaching your lessons? Or was he incorporating his own lessons into his teaching? He changed them. He did change them. He changed them and made them. But it wasn't because he wanted to change them. That's how he understood them. But um, Jesus is saying if it was his choice on who would be in the Bible, that it would not be that for the type of text in which you have here, for the, the book in which you have, the Bible, as you call it, God's words, as you call it, the, this is a book that brings faith. That would not have been my first choice of people to have as the a main author within the book, but understanding that when I create, my creations can create as well. So just as I create you, you can create whatever you want with free will. So... If things were exactly the way that I created them within me and they were carried out exactly the way that I created them, then things would be a little bit different. But that is the glory of this planet whereby people can be like Paul or Saul and be out killing people and then be forgiven by God. And just as we said yesterday, the reason for most of his testimony within the Bible is for people to be able to relate to him and that he can never forgive himself. No, he never did forgive himself. Paul. Tell people that this is this is the way we, we basically wrote our books, is I would be sitting in one place and you'd be in another and I'd just ask questions. Yeah. He's saying <laughs> he's saying now you can see whereby we said Paul is the Antichrist, we can say that other people can be the Antichrist and not be evil. You are a Christ being when you are Antichrist, it means you are Christ in fear. So many people think, oh, Christ or the opposite of Christ. It's like, no, it's Christ and it's either in compassion and love and strength and truth and fortitude or it's fear. And when one is in fear, they are a bigger creator than even someone who is not in fear because that fear makes us, makes our adrenaline go up. It makes our vibration go up. It makes our, our consciousness go into an expanded state to, to pick up on things around us. And then we think things with our mind and we create them. So the, the one thing that I want people to understand is that you are Christ. You're Christ and you are evolving and expanding and growing through time. And as you expand and grow and learn through time, you become more knowledgeable and you become more of a creator and you become, because you create more creations. Think of every single thought in your head as being a creation because 
most of your thoughts, nobody's there to say, uh uh-uh, that's not true. Or no, that, I didn't really say it like that. Or no, I didn't mean to put you down. There, There's times where somebody will kind of come to you and say, oh yeah, that one time when you said this to me, it was so offensive. And you'll say, wow, I didn't even mean it that way. But that person has created a story within their own mind since that day, since 10 years ago. And they've thought that story was true. And their mind is based on that story within their mind. And it's made them think differently of you. It's made them think a certain way of you. It's made them think a certain way of themselves. So as you can see, creations do not have to be actual physically manifested things. Creations can be the thoughts within our head, the stories that we tell, the framework in which we think things, because that is ultimately what creates our reality. Somebody could be the poorest person on the planet and be the happiest. Someone could be the richest and be the most miserable. And someone could just be right in between and be completely happy or completely upset or completely mad or completely, completely unhappy. So just know that your mind is your creating force. And when you can begin to create something within your mind and create it in a way where you feel good, feel compassion, you feel love, you feel strength, you feel truth, that is when you are Christ. You're, you are living in Christ. So what we'd like for everyone to do is to just ask yourself today, what is it that I want in life? And then ask yourself, what is it that I'm getting? What is, what is my life delivered to me right now? What, what is my life? Is it where I want it to be? And that doesn't even really matter, but that's the way the mind works. But is it where I want to be? Is it where I want to be tomorrow, the next day, the next day after that? Ask yourself what it is that you want. And then realize that everything that you have right now is what you want. It's what you want. Whether it be an abusive relationship where you are the enabler, but at least you feel needed because you have this desire to be needed. So you're you're needed, so you're getting what you want. Anything bad in your life that is happening, ask yourself, what is the good that I'm getting out of this? What is the good? Even people with cancer, what is the good that they're getting? They're getting attention. They don't have to work. Somebody's taking care of them. Everyone loves them. Nobody's going to beat them because they are sick already. Many people in abusive relationships will be sick all the time because the way they feel is if they're sick, they will not get hit or beat on. So there are many reasons why we do what we do, but just know that you are the creator of your own reality. You are the creator of your own destiny. And until you decide that you want life different, it will not be different. So that is, that is the main thing that we wanted to say today is that you are the creator of your reality. And even the bad stuff, just as they were saying, accidents, accidents sometimes happen because a soul no longer wants to give its life force to the physical creation in which they created anymore. A soul says, well, I've got this much energy to give. I've got seven creations. I'm going to cut off this one and keep the other six. But that ultimately is you making that decision. You are that soul. So just as one body would die, the soul would pull back its energy and then you would be within that soul and you would you would be on the soul plane. But accidents, follow your gut because accidents can be avoided and know and understand that when you turn your will and your life over to God through Christ, through the understanding of forgiveness, compassion, strength, and truth, and a, and a father, a master, a God of our understanding, a God of your understanding, knowing and understanding that God is love, that God is unconditionally loving, that God is truth, that God is light, that God is, is understanding, and just know that we have, we have you, we have your back. And as long as you can ask that we stand behind you, stand, Actually, just say this, God, through Christ, I ask you to have my back today. That's it. I have my back today. 
and you'll actually feel, you can actually ask, say, please show me a sensation or a feeling that somebody's there and you'll, you can feel a little tinge somewhere or, or pressure somewhere, or you may feel just energy coming in towards your back, but ask to feel what it feels like when, when the father, when Christ are standing behind you, standing at your back, watching over you, making sure that if something was going to happen, that was not supposed to happen because of something that you did in your free will that was going to lead you to an accident that you would think, oh, let me pick this up. And then a car passes by and it would have hit you, but you decided to reach down and itch your leg or pick something up. So just know that life is too big for you to be in control of it. Life is too big. There's too many people, too much. Your life is minuscule in comparison to everyone that's on earth. But at the same time, it's the only life that matters to you. It's a huge responsibility to lead a good life. And all you must do is just know that each day when you wake up, as long as you feel as if you're happy, if you know what's going to make you happy, then try to do that. Try to do that. And when you're happy, others around you will be happy. We bless you and we'll see you soon. Oh, he's going to be at my meditation. Hey, he's staying at my meditation. Yeah, he's going to stay at my meditation. I haven't had Jesus in a long time. We call him J-Dog. <laughs> J-Dog. Well, yeah. Well, okay. until January, this will be the last one. I'm going to try. No, I told you I wanted to do a practicing where I really try and I'm going to see if I can, like, you know what? Hold on. Let me see if we can bring me on camera. Let's just try this so we can cut the end of this off. Or maybe we should just try it on a different one. Yeah, here, we'll try it on a different one. We may end up ending up losing this one. I don't know. It was so goofy yesterday. It's still saying it's live. Uh, it says it's live up there. No, yesterday. It says yeah, look works. at that. Look at that. This thing still says live with me with a goofy look on my face. Oh, wait. It went, went to the... Let me get back to Facebook. There we go. Look at that. That's from yesterday. It yeah, still says... Discover still says, intuition .com to get your tickets to come to class and I'm going to do healing on everybody and I guess the guides are staying. I guess the guides are going to stick around. I'm so you definitely want to get into Marissa's show. So I'm Joe Morris with Answers Heaven Speaks. I might be back tomorrow. I might not. I don't know because I'm traveling. I'm going to San Diego. I'm flying to Las Vegas in the afternoon. I don't know how I'm going to get up to my office time enough to do it at five o'clock. But if I can settle in maybe a little after that, I'll go ahead and do it. But uh, Anyway, be sure to check Marissa. You can go to discoverintuition.com, all one word, discoverintuition.com. You can find a bunch of stuff there too. And uh, and see how you can get into maybe her lesson tonight because that ought to be fun. They're going to stick around. Jesus is going to stick around. And uh, I guess the whole team's going to hang around for, uh, for her to do some channeling tonight. So uh, I love it. I love it when we get Jesus' words uh, to come in. But... Uh, you folks have a great Wednesday. We're midway through the week, and that's always good. <laughs> and uh, don't forget, protect yourself. Be, don't be afraid. Be afraid to protect yourself. Protect yourself. Be prepared. Let's just say, be prepared, because we just don't know what's going to happen in the future, and you don't want to get caught short. Let's put it that way. All right. So that's it. Joe Morris answers heaven speaks uh, Wednesday, October twenty sixth, and uh, God willing, I'll be back tomorrow. If not, I'll be back on Friday. All right, so take care. God bless.